0: Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Hassan Akmal, and I am the Executive Director of Industry Relations and Career Strategies at Columbia University's School of Professional Studies. I'm the host of our new behind-the-scenes podcast series, which consists of a number of interviews with professionals discussing provocative career-related topics to set the stage for our students. The topic of today's podcast is connecting passion to purpose. I am here with Diane Spazero the director of career management at Columbia University's School of Professional Studies, a seasoned career management professional with experience in higher education, corporate training, and development, as well as private practice. She has a strong business background, having been in the insurance and risk management fields and successfully transitioned her career into counseling. She holds an MS in career development and a BA in business, is a nationally certified counselor in New York State licensed mental health counselor, and an executive career development coach. She is also a certified trainer of the Meyer-Briggs Type Indicator MBTI and StrengthsQuest. Welcome, Diane.
1: Well, thank you. Hello, everybody. I'm very excited to be kicking off this podcast series and on a very interesting topic.
0: So, Diane, let's talk career alignment, and more specifically, connecting passion to purpose. How can we help students with it?
1: Well, as you know, Hassan, every individual has gifts and talents that can make a lasting impression. However, only a minority of people utilize these gifts and talents to live up to their full potential. Tying your gifts and talents with personal purpose not only leads to a more successful career, but a significant one. In today's world, many boomers, as they begin to approach the end of their career, are really looking to find that significance. Interestingly, many millennials at the beginning of their career are also looking for significance right out of the gate. As leaders, helping others find their passions and help them to have significance at work are becoming a bigger part of our jobs. And as millennials continue to make up the increasing part of our workforce, this trend will only become more important. Having said that, I know that this philosophy has changed the approach to career services. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Absolutely. Well, you said it, it's about finding your sweet spot. The field of career services, as you know very well, Diane, is rapidly evolving with a greater focus on meaningful work and purpose. We spend a lot of times on resumes, and cover letters. In fact, career professionals today, we dive right in and start editing them before we really even get to know our students. So in doing this, I felt a void. I knew that there was a disconnect in the traditional model of career services that we had to fill, that we had to change. So I approached my job knowing that most students didn't know what they were passionate about until they were actually doing it. I worked at the business school. So for example, they didn't know that they didn't like accounting until they actually had their first living laboratory And when I say living laboratory, I mean an accounting internship. So I I began understanding we needed to do more to help students reflect and really dig into the situations that bring out the best in them. Not many people have a single identifiable passion. In fact, you can be passionate about a lot of things. For example, I might be passionate about golf, but I may not be very good at it. Thus, passion is not necessarily an organizing principle. Put differently, for example... Well, in 2015, to your point, Diane, I pioneered a connector model entitled Bridge, building relationships and interconnectedness towards dreams, goals, and educational pathways at Loyola University of Chicago, based on our very own customized connections and communities. I learned very quickly that the whole was bigger than the sum of its parts. For example, we are no longer bricks and mortar when it comes to our career center. Um, that concept of a career center was no longer working. Thus, I had to reimagine the career services model by redirecting students to not interview, like, like in, the, in, in the case with, of an employer, but to really interview themselves, so look, look within and reflect, to really begin the process of connecting their passion to purpose, in turn crystallizing positive career outcomes and transformational trends in career development and experiential education in the process. So this was step one. By leveraging the career ecosystem that's readily available, believed, and I still believe, we can help students build dreams and witness their impact on our own community, on our own career community. So Diane, along these lines, how did you get involved in career services? So, you know, what point did you know that it was your passion?
1: Well, it's interesting, Hassan. When I started college, I thought I wanted to be in social work. My first field experience, though, was helping people in a pre-release program in a maximum security prison, Sing Sing. That scared me to death, and I ran as far away from social work. And ended up graduating with a bachelor's in business. Wow. I worked in the field for you know risk management and insurance for many years, but I knew I never really had a passion. So as you mentioned, I really decided to step back and do that interviewing and assess my job. And I realized that there was one area that I really enjoyed and was very good at, and that was training and development. So I decided to explore and I ended up moving into the training and development area and thrived. I found myself looking for as many opportunities to learn and practice presenting, motivating and counseling others. In hindsight, social work probably would have been a better field than business for me right out the gate. And that being said, I really wanted to be able to help others in not spending time in a field that really was not going to be their passion. So prior to your role, You served as an external advisory board for health systems management at Marcella Ninoff School of Nursing, and as Loyola Chapter Faculty Advisor for AHANA, a nonprofit organization dedicated to education of social inequities to empower communities. I imagine that your former roles also fit into your overall goal and purpose of what you were seeking.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. This is one of the reasons why I chose this topic to kick off the series. As athletics, fitness, social justice, social enterprise, and social responsibility, just like in your case, they're very deep passions of mine. Many career trajectories today are nonlinear, and we've seen this with our students. Students are coming to us with very different um, areas of interest in different niche spaces. For example, they're interested in financial literacy and inclusion. They're interested in venture philanthropy. So this was very much the case with me. So I had to take a design thinking approach to my own career. In other words, I designed my life in personal business plan. I aligned my own personal board of directors or advisors. It started with my older brother and my father, my mother, etc., and then expanded. So just like with any business plan, you test it, and you make adjustments until it works. In a sense, you're hypothesis testing until you achieve your goals. I was an entrepreneur. In fact, I was part of the Columbia Entrepreneurial Committee, which was very robust and had a very positive impact. I soon became a chief executive officer for a public benefit charity for displaced persons and health, right out of the track, of the forced migration track, while doing my master's in public health at Mailman School of Public Health. So it was directly aligned with that program And I was also competing a five-year contract as an international right-to-play athlete ambassador to the United States, which involved a series of international ambassador trainings hosted in Toronto and Montreal and New York. In fact, even at Columbia University for this select group, which included people like Tiger Woods and Wayne Gretzky. So it was during these roles that I actually discovered my passion. It was actually nothing very complicated. It was actually something quite simple. It was motivating people. So that brings us to today. So now, when I think of building a career, I no longer think about landing one or two jobs. It's easy to find a job, right? Passion is the difference between finding a job and finding a career. So it's about looking at your career path as a 30 to 40-year career runway, or even much longer. What do you want to be remembered for? What legacy do you want to leave behind? And what change or impact do you want to inspire? How can you find your true ambition? So how can you find yourself in your own element? What is that element? For example, Dan, with you, what do you tell students when it comes to your work?
1: I think it's really interesting that you bring up the idea of that 30 to 40 year track, Hassan. You know, actually two thirds of our life is spent at work. So we need to make sure that we have some passion. We can all make money. We can all have jobs, as you mentioned. But I truly believe people thrive in work when they're in their element, doing what they love to do and what they're really good at. And it's really that intersection, that sweet spot. As you said, you might like golf, but you're not good at it. That being the case, you're never going to actually hit that sweet spot of intersection passion with your uh, skills. So I think that brings us to a very positive flow if we have those connections. I know that I'm most in my element when I'm facilitating a dynamic, engaging career development program, which helps my participants to gain insight on how they can move forward. As you said, motivation and passion of helping others is really where I am too. I've developed and facilitated numerous career training programs for individuals and in diverse groups and continually look for new ways to improve my skill set.
0: Yeah, and I've seen you in action, Diane, especially with the with the DISC survey workshop, and that was very popular in orientation this year. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, as a kid... Uh, I wrote poetry, and I was very competitive, winning a couple competitions, but, you know, I definitely didn't think it was something that I was best at, but it was something that I was very passionate about, and little did I know that that passion, I would later sort of reverse engineer from it, um, and now I'm a writer. Um, I'm writing a book that teaches individuals to, to capture the importance of vision, personal branding, and multi-layered social media, and really focusing on their transferable skills and core competencies, So in it, I write about the elements of passion and purpose as not only the the keys to maximizing careers, but they are the gates to growing life's fulfillment. It's a book about social responsibility and purpose. In 2005, while I was doing my, my practicum on the Afghanistan border with Kandahar, I was mugged and I was almost kidnapped. It's about how some of those experiences helped shape the direction of my life. Many students have a plan, when it comes to their careers, you know this, right? Then life hits you. So it's important to, to, to create opportunities that didn't exist before, that surface from those very same events. Wow,
1: what an amazing story. The inspiration here for me is that you did not let this experience hold you back, but rather grew from it and took an opportunity to grow and develop your passion. Happenstance is a big part of our career in our career success, being able to take the advice and do uh, you know, what you want to w- with that experience, and having flexibility. So what advice do you have for students to enable them to find their purpose?
0: You must take calculated risks. We talk a lot about entrepreneurship, but I encourage students to think about intrapreneurship. An entrepreneur is someone within an organization that takes risks in an effort to solve a given problem. So money is not their measurement. When you speak about an intriguing idea to an entrepreneur, the idea never leaves them. They are curious problem solvers, something employers are looking for. They also know how to pivot or change course. They aren't afraid. In fact, fast failure is a discipline that many successful entrepreneurs leverage to bounce back and be successful, going back to that personal business plan. They go at it again, a third, a fourth, or fifth time until they are successful. So it's the passion that drives them, the tenacity. Along those lines, and to kind of build on that, taking advantage of the resources that are readily available, right? It's a tough economy. It's not easy to find a job, right? It's not easy to, to, to really explore your passion all the way through. So, and, and students we're finding need help with that process. So attending our new program that we're launching to help students with this same process. It's a two-part series entitled, You Matter. So essentially, it's a workshop where you design your career. And our event is gonna be on October 30th, the first of a two-part series, the second piece of the series being in the spring. But it'll be hosted by Pedro Manrique, Chief Technology Officer of Innovative Dimmers, a strategic analyst, and the CEO of DRP Systems. He's also an organizational development consultant and workplace coach. Um, and that'll be, on, again, on October 30th from 6 to 8.30 p.m.
1: And I actually had an opportunity to speak with Pedro, and what a great story he has to share. I'm looking forward to that so much. There are so many common traits that you see with people who have successfully connected passion to purpose. And I love the idea of you know quick failure and being able to get up and move forward. Can you speak a little more towards that?
0: Sure. I think there are some common traits that you see with people who have sort of successfully connected their passion to purpose. And I think what you see is that they behave authentically and they behave with integrity. They also have confidence and they also have humility, right? Something that's very important when it comes to leadership. They reverse engineer from their passion and look for situations that bring out the best in them. So the question is, how do we set the stage for students to get there? So they attend, let's say they attend the, the U Matter series, part one in the fall, part two in the spring. Then what, Diane? What can you offer from a career management perspective?
1: Well, I think we have to think in terms of the design thinking approach. Something I know you have uh, always offered to employers in terms of their vision for recruiting as well. So let's dive into those kind of five parts of design thinking. Let's start with emphasize, As far as the methodology, can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Sure. So empathize, right, is step one. Defining, step two. Ideating, step three. And then prototyping, step four. And then again, kind of back to the testing, the hypothesis testing being step five. So we're looking at an innovation methodology. It works on products. It works on services. I've heard of engineering thinking solving your way forward. I've heard of business thinking, optimizing your way forward. I've heard of research thinking, analyzing your way forward. And what you are referring to is design thinking, and that's really building your way forward. So what obstacles are you seeing, Diane? Say a student has a bias to action. We've gotten them that far. Then what?
1: Well, then reality actually hits in and they're stuck. Designers get stuck all the time. But We have to help them get unstuck. Students get stuck because they don't know what their passion is. So we help them with this process by helping them connect virtually via the hub to alumni in industry who can mentor these individuals. Also, some people believe it's just too late. You're not late for anything. Let's begin where you are And that's what we teach. And I would say, you know, I think assessment and stepping back as you're talking about that interview is so important to help people get unstuck.
0: That's very true. We also have to help students with the many versions of themselves, right? Life is anything but linear, as we're seeing. And the goals must be realistic and attainable. Positive psychology literature and the design literature says that we must connect who you are, what you believe, and what you do in this world. So if you can make those three things connect with a coherent story, you will experience your life as meaningful. So we're looking at, you know, career outcomes where we're focusing on how many students are happily employed. So what is your work view? You? you want purposeful living. So what's the big picture? Steve Jobs eloquently said, you cannot connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you also have to get rid of gravity problems. You can't solve a problem you're not willing to to have or to work on. You have to accept it. You're going to redefine your problem, and you have to believe that you can change it. So exploring these limiting beliefs is also a very important process that we have to help students with in our career programming. In your experience and role, have you also found this to be true, Diane?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think happiness is an option. It's not what you don't choose that makes you happy. It's what you choose that makes you happy. So you need to brainstorm, for example, start with three generative ideas in terms of your career and how to make it better. Don't forget the bucket list items. So combining your career and life visions, what would you do if you had a wild if money or time was no issue.
0: I like the sound of that wild card plan, right? Many of the things that, that come up in these plans are things that I think were left behind. Or for example, when you pivot and you ask yourself, is this what I really wanted to do, right? Imagine a student going through an externship or a job shadowing experience and it wasn't at all what they pictured it would be like. So prototyping your way forward, making choices. Even when you have the fear of missing out, You have to take risks. So you create a working list. You're intentional. You let go, you move on, and you leave room for the serendipitous or lucky ideas, right? We have to lure chance out of hiding as we are in a culture of chaos and happenstance, as you mentioned earlier. So what closing words do you have for us?
1: Well, I think, as you mentioned, we have to be open to explore and be adaptable and open to that idea of happenstance. We need to step out of our comfort zone and be willing to explore and take risks. You know, it's like a rubber band. The more we step out of our comfort zone, it's never going to go back to its original shape. We're going to grow and we're going to build from there.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Diane. I'm sure students are excited to experience the new programming and services, especially the You Matter program.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
0: The spotlight is on career services in its continuous evolution and Diana has shared a little on how we've been able to leverage this spotlight in this career development paradigm to reinvent ourselves exactly what the School of Professional Studies is doing. Students are connecting to each other and to industries via social media and customized technology. They're joining people, not organizations. They're finding opportunities in different ways, leveraging interconnected systems and searching for who they are in different ways. So this impacts and influences our transformation. We are at a different scale and speed. Employers are looking at recruiting differently, and they're asking us to be put in rooms where they can have meaningful conversations with students. Not only that, they want to be engaged on campus. So how to make it easier for employers to find their talent? So moving away from the traditional career fair models and looking at organic networking in terms of a career ecosystem, that's what we're talking about. What if we worked with employers to develop these career communities? If employers help students directly on their proposition statements, imagine that. This requires a different way of thinking. We are working towards helping students in their storytelling that allows them to demonstrate how a position genuinely connects their personal and professional goals with an organization's mission. It's all very exciting. Thanks to all the listeners. Our next podcast is October 9th. The topic will be How to Use Innovation Tools for Your Career by David Dopchek the CEO of Giant Innovation. I leave you all with this message. Every single one of you has a purpose. It's developed from your passion. And when one is on point with your purpose, it can help change the world for the better. What's your motivation? Thank you.